Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Uh, I officially don't have COVID. Hey. So that's, that's nice. That's good. That's good. Like I was I was part of the, the ping-demic, which is a funny play on words. Yeah. And I got I got told on my, by, my, by my phone to isolate for 10 days. How'd that go? Uh, I isolated for two days and then took a PCR test. <laughs> uh, well, I took a PCR to, PCR test the day I was told to isolate, and then two days later I got a text from the, the NHS, the government. I don't know who sends that text saying you do not have COVID. And then my app said I didn't need to isolate anymore, so <laughs> I went Great. back to work. <laughs> uh, it was cool, so that was annoying. Um, but yeah, I, as of the thirtieth of July. I don't have COVID, so... And that's good news. Yeah, right? Definitely. Definitely. Great news. But I would have just walked past some person in the supermarket or something, <laughs> and then they, they later would have put in a positive test, and I, then I would have been told twice link or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a waste of a lot of my time. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I'm fine. Still not leaving my house. Because why would I want to do that? Yeah, that's where all the people are. There's only two this people in this house, and they're better than the people out there. <laughs> and I've just been, I've just been hobbying, honestly. That sounds like um, a good way to do it, to be honest. Yeah, just painting and building stuff, and uh, trying not to directly give money to Games Workshop because <laughs> things have happened with them as a company. Yeah, I mean, I've heard some I, things have been going down there. I naively thought that like. A company like Games Workshop, who you know, make a game that sort of vaguely satirizes big bastard people and like fascist governments and stuff, would maybe treat their employees okay and sort of have a good attitude towards the community. But apparently, that's not true. So that's unfortunate. So I'm just going to buy a bunch of second-hand miniatures instead of giving money directly to Games Workshop. Yeah, seems good. Seems good. <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, they're a publicly traded company, so they're you know just as just as moral as the rest of them, really. In yeah, the society just, that we live in. Yeah, I just hoped that I don't know. I don't know why I hoped. I, but I thought maybe you know, oh, they're cool, and they currently make all of their things in the UK in a you know, yeah, it's, it's jobs like what I said last week when we were talking about some of this stuff in regards to Wizards of the Coast there are some you know truly great wonderful people that work there but at the end of the day the company is, is not your friend no and I knew that I was just like I said I was naive yeah. <laughs> and I thought maybe this multi-million pound company is good it's not <laughs> <laughs> so I bought a model that's five years older than I am instead of Giving Games Workshop my money because that's it's what you can do cool when model you. As well. Yeah, that's what you can do when you sell Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can buy other things. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been doing because going outside terrifies me. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I think is uh, is it's all right as, as I can be probably. Um, just just no news as as, as always. No real updates. Uh, very much just been a hobby in myself, playing a bit of Magic the Gathering, watching some 
fantastic professional wrestling and painting a bit of Warhammer as well. Started. Sick. Yeah, so I get back on that paint train, painting some more of these these blight kings. They're pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, yeah, managed to end the season uh, in the top twelve hundred on arena for Mythic. Congratulations. Um, yeah, I still don't know how I did it. My deck isn't very good, but <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, my deck isn't very isn't great. I'm not great, but I'll I'll take a win. A win's a win's a win, right? Yeah, well, you manage it somehow. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, all all good, all good. I think. Yeah, not a very eventful week for myself, but it's probably good given current global situation, right? Um, yeah, I think it's just us that seem to be behaving differently because of it. Yeah, I don't know. Man. It's just like if people aren't willing to just still put on a mask like you can go and do what you want right you can go and yeah, yeah. sit in the pub for 8 hours you can go to the restaurant you can go and hang out with as many people as you want you can go to a festival if you want it's like just put a mask on when you go into Sainsbury's for 5 minutes yeah, for god's sake that. please 100,000 people at the Hollapalooza yeah and uh, Latitude <laughs> in this country happened yeah. it's just it, it's just wild it's like the messaging has now become the same as it was in April yeah. <laughs> like 2020 year, yeah. yeah it's ridiculous like oh this, the CDC and, and the World Health Organization say that masks help stop the spread of COVID like, we've known this we've known this for so long what's wrong with people it's like it's been 16 months and we have to be told by like the highest medical councils in the world that you should wear a mask and you should stay away from people like it's yeah. just absolutely bizarre yeah that we've gotten to this point. I, yeah, it's it's frustrating, and I'm lucky enough to not hate staying in the house all the time. So. Yeah, I same. I mean, we're two thirds of the way through the year. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah. August, yeah. and I've done very little with my time. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to trying to do what I can. I'm learning some new skills. Developing, developing some skills that I had previously. Trying to make the most of my time, definitely, because I've got a lot more these days. But I just thought I thought it would have been over. But I guess, <laughs> I guess I was naive in, <laughs> on that one. Well, yeah, like I was thinking with uh, with my job that I like changed during the pandemic. I'd be like, okay, so like this pandemic will be over in like a few months, and I can do this for the business and this for the business. And oh, it's been sixteen months. Good lord. <laughs> things haven't changed yeah. it's, it's it's good I'm enjoying myself <laughs> one day one day well we, yeah. we do have some magic things to, t- to talk this week I think Ugh. I want to start off by just talking a little more about the, the digital cards so the stuff that we talked last week uh, Jumpstart Historic Horizons is coming out of Magic Arena you cannot <laughs> you cannot avoid it no matter how much you want to try uh, I I still just think it's good. I think it's very good. Um, yeah, I just don't care. Yeah, which <laughs> is, is one of the things I really like about it. Yeah, if for sure. you don't want to engage in it, if you don't want to play historic on Magic Arena, you don't have to. Tabletop Magic: The Gathering, Magic Online, that doesn't change. That it doesn't change anytime soon at all. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's... we've got we've got a few more of the cards now, and I, I still. I still think that very little will actually change in terms of the meta. I don't think a lot of these cards are very playable at all, to be honest. 
it's part of the problem when you you message me being like, oh, should we talk about these new Jumpstart Historic Horizons cards? And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> is the problem like yeah. we probably should talk about it because it's a thing going on in Magic and it's probably the most interesting thing happening in Magic at the moment I'm just like I just find it very hard to care about something that I'm not going to engage with at all and like yeah. I I really try not to be that person that's like I'm never going to interact with this but here's my opinion in 72 tweets anyway because I like to type tweets and I think what I have to say is important, despite the fact that my opinion is completely uninformed. And I try not to be that person. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I fail definitely. a lot. And just like, I very much accepted that I don't care about this. But I'm going to talk about it, because <laughs> you've asked me to. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's because I, I do kind of care about it a bit. But I just, I don't think it's something to be scared of. I think it's, I think it's cool. Like, I'm not like super, super excited and you know, love this. I just think like... Right, it's a thing that's happening. I've accepted that. That's fine. But I, I think it's really cool design space. Um, I think for the vast majority of the time, whenever Magic is able to innovate on itself and come up with some new design space, it's always mm-hmm. cool and it's always exciting. Yeah, that's what I'm excited about. Like, like I was saying last week about like these are cool. It's a design space that they have literally. It's been impossible for them to explore before. Yeah. Well, not impossible, yeah, totally. but like they haven't wanted to for whatever reason and, and now they've they've decided it's okay to do random effects in, in Magic's premier digital client and yeah. it's cool. Like That's being it. able there's, to do stuff like perpetually is really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things that are are difficult. Like they could they could theoretically pull them off in Paper Magic, but it's it's very, very difficult to do it do it consistently where it just wouldn't cause problems, but mm-hmm. don't have that problem in digital at all. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I guess one card that I I think I underestimated a bit or maybe overlooked a bit last week was Tome of the Infinite. I think we we talked about it briefly, but I I think this is this is the one that is probably going to be the most impactful. I think this is this is probably playable. Uh, so it's two and a blue for legendary artifact. Pay blue and tap it. Conjure a random card from Tome of the Infinite spellbook into your hand. It perpetually gains. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast this spell. Uh, and the it has a, a bunch of different spells, so it has ten spells, uh, and when you activate it, you will get one of the following: Light of Hope, which is white for instant, you gain four life. Uh, destroy target enchantment, or put a plus one plus one counter target creature. Swords to Plowshares, exile target creature, its control against life equal to power. Force Spike, which is blue instant counter target spell unless its controller plays one. Ponder. Uh, we all know what a ponder does. I'm not going to go through all of them. We'll be here for ages. But uh, <laughs> Dark Ritual, Duress, Assault Strobe, which is red, target creature against double strike at the end of turn. Uh, Lightning Bolt, Fog, and Giant Growth are the, the different cards that you can get there. And I, mm. I... I don't think this is the most powerful card in the world, but I think it's playable in a control deck just because it does the kind of things that control decks want to do. And you can just turn it into a, like a, a good mana sink later on in the game. It does the kind of thing control decks want to do, like give their creatures double strike. Well, yeah, that's it. So <laughs> a lot of the time, it's not even going to be that good because yeah, you're going to get assault strobe, so you're going to give. I don't know. Maybe you might have a have a shark typhoon shark. You can give double strike. That's not going to be great. Or you're going to put a force spike in your hand. That isn't going to do anything because you're so deep into the game. 
Are you going to put a dark ritual in your hand on like turn 11? Like, <laughs> it's not going to do anything. Yeah. But sometimes you're going to get a ponder or a lightning bolt or or a fog even, and uh, you know it might be it might be not necessarily the equivalent of you winning the game, but it might be the equivalent of you keeping you alive. And I just think I just think it's reasonable. We see control decks playing something like search for a counter, uh, and I think Tom the Infinite could also fit into a deck that would play that kind of card. Yeah, yeah. It's very very low. It's very very low opportunity cost for a reasonable effect most of the time. And that's cool. That's cool. But I think this is the best card out of the, all the ones that we've seen so far. Uh, we've seen a, a decent amount at this point. I've seen all of the Planeswalkers, all five of the Planeswalkers, and I don't think any of the Planeswalkers are playable at a competitive level. Uh, I think there's maybe one or two other cards that might see some play, uh, but I think the best one probably is is going to be this Tome of the Infinite. Yeah, well, I mean, we can go through some of the cards we've had since. Yeah, totally. So and I think a bunch of them are reprints, which is interesting. Yeah, definitely. That was I was going to hit first. I think uh, one card which I think is going to be a, a fantastic inclusion, uh, which is a reprint from very recent Modern Horizons Two set, is uh, Sithis Harvest Sand. So green white for yeah. a enchantment creature nymph. It's one two. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, you gain one life and draw a card. So there's already like a reasonable Absan Enchantress list on uh, that you can play in Historic. I think Sifis is a fantastic card for that deck. Uh, I yeah, I think it just seems a no-brainer. Stick that in the deck, and it probably becomes a lot more playable. And they've given us Sterling Grove, which is yeah. I guess a reprint from Modernizers too. Technically, Sanctum Weaver, a couple of other like random Enchantment Starfield Mystic stuff like that. Um, so they're clearly just trying to push some kind of enchantress build in historic, which is fine, I guess. Yeah, that's really. cool. A bunch, you've a got, bunch of reprints. Yeah, you've got plenty of ways to deal with enchantments in historic already. Anyway, like I don't think it's going to be game breaking, but it's. I think it's going to do the thing that I did for modern. Like, oh, suddenly you can play a, a reasonable to good enchantress deck, and that's cool. I like to see new decks come out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean. A lot of these reprints, um, they're a lot specifically from Modern Horizons 1 and 2. Yeah. Um, it seems like they're trying to push, like, uh, Brawl or Commando, and Historic Brawl doesn't rotate, right? Because uh, No, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't rotate, and it's going to get its own proper constant queue as well. That's cool. Um, but Brawl is just a moniker at this point for a random format that Wizards decide as Brawl this week. Yeah, it's... Arena Commander. Yeah, um, but that seems like what a lot of this set is is pushing. Like, so we have a fair few legendary creatures we can get to in specific. We've got a load of slivers. They've just printed yeah. a bunch of slivers, including the first sliver, which I doubt they want for constructed purposes. But it seems like the kind of thing that you would put in if you wanted brawl or like some kind of casual constructed format on the on the yeah, client to definitely. be viable. Like Parallel Lives, which I don't think is a card that anyone has ever played in a constructive format outside of Commander. Yeah. Um, and just a bunch of cards like that that, like, it seems that they want Brawl to be a thing because they they understand how they, what they they base most of their their decisions on how successful and popular Commander is. And yeah. if you can essentially port Commander to your premier most popular digital client and give them a very similar experience and then introduce a bunch of these like cool random cards like Davriel and what have you. 
that seems like the kind of place they're pushing it, which yeah, which is cool. Like you can just jump they, on and play a casual game and not have to care. Yeah, they know how much money Commander makes them in paper, so why not just replicate that in digital? Like, yeah, because people yeah. who like the people who play Commander who want just to just play Magic at home, like on a digital client like Arena, probably aren't interested in 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 maybe limited events or aren't interested in playing historic or standard or anything like that. So just give them like a bunch of slivers or like your your enchantment cards or like some fun planeswalkers that that they can just play, right? Yeah, totally. And I, it's just appealing to that crowd, and I think that's that's a great thing because I've, I've played a, I've played a few games of Brawl like when I was playing Arena because I built a Niv Mizzet deck because I just had a bunch of multicolored cards and wanted to play them in one deck. Um, and it's it's fun. Just past the time, there are no stakes. There's no rank. There's no caring about anything. And there's no like pressure to play a good deck. Yeah. There's it's just play the things you think are fun. And if you think playing a bunch of slivers is fun, or playing a bunch of enchantments is fun, or doing something with parallel lives, which is an extremely powerful commander card. Um, or you know the vast swathes of cards that are legal on arena is is really cool. I think it's a great idea, and yeah. and I. Uh, I imagine it's going to be fairly successful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think a, another card, sticking with that legendary theme there, I guess, that I think we'll we'll probably see a reasonable amount of play. Uh, I assume there's going to be some sort of some sort of combo that somebody far more smarter than I am will, uh, will figure out. Far more that smarter is. than you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Yogmoth Thran Physician. Great yeah. card. Absolutely fantastic card. We see it making some splashes in modern, making you know non-zero amount of play in legacy and vintage as well. Like the card's just great. It does very interesting yeah. things. Uh, it's yeah, ex- exactly the kind of card that there could easily be some sort of niche build around historic deck. So it's super cool to see that here. Uh, yeah, and it's in. a cool commander as well for sure. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, another, another just cult classic big big favourite card one of my favourite cards of all time Mole Drifter don't care that how, I, just, I don't care how bad it is and how unplayable it is these days but the fact that I guess get a custom Mole Drifter in Historic and it means we'll probably include it in the Historic Cube in the future uh, I am all in for that there's... yeah this is the thing as well like it feels like these cards have been added to like flesh out things like the the historic cube yeah 100%. and that's great that's really yeah. cool like sure it seems kind of superfluous that they're just like sure we'll we'll put more drifter in into this product that no one's going to play the product or very few people are going to play it and it's definitely not going to cut it in constructed but we can just jam it in there so we can put it in our cube it's great yeah there are few greater pleasures in life than uh than just casting a more drifter on cube it's so sweet yeah I mean, I mean, drafting it when you have ephemerate in your deck is probably a greater pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> it's definitely my fa- my favorite pauper cube uh, archetype. Uh, but yeah, just like stuff like that, I think that's cool. I don't know how people are gonna. I don't know people that are newer to to arena and have like learned to play magic on arena, right? With with standard mm-hmm. sets and, and what have you. Are gonna find out about these cards because there are what like seven hundred and something silly amount of cards. Yeah. So I don't know how people are gonna like if you've never seen more drifted before. How are you gonna find out about it? You know, if you want to play it in your brawl deck, you're just gonna scroll through all the new cards that are added to Arena. Is that gonna be a fun way to spend an entire evening? <laughs> maybe <laughs> you'll yeah maybe you'll you'll play the jumpstart event and get it in your pack and, and jumpstart and be like oh this is just a crap uro. Yeah, that's the thing. Like people are gonna <laughs> look at more drifted and think it's terrible. 
Yeah. That's sad. I mean, it is, unfortunately, by today's standards, but... Yeah, but the F&M promo's got really nice art, it. so... I the regular one's like got really nice art, it's just the coolest. It's a daft fish. <laughs> it's great, I love Mordica so much. Yeah. Big, big fan. So another card that I am a big, big fan of, which is... Uh, it's making a hell of a lot of uh, headway in Modern and Legacy, and again, Vintage 2. Another card from Modern Horizons 2 is Dragon Rage Channeler. Yup. Red for a 1-1, one, one. you cast a non-creature spell, surveil so 1, and it has Delirium. As long as there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard, it gets plus two plus two, has flying and attacks each combat if if able. We, I don't think we spent long enough talking about this when it was spoiled for Modern Horizons 2. Because you didn't think it was good and I loved it. Yeah, because I was an idiot and I thought that it said <laughs> when, it, when it enters the battlefield surveil one and I was like, yeah, this is probably okay. Um, and d- just didn't read literally the first line of text that says <laughs> whenever you cast a non-creature spell. And then the first time I learnt that it was whenever you cast an on-creature spell was in a game of Modern, where I got absolutely crushed by it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this card's ridiculous. I think there's arguments for this to get banned in Legacy. It's that good. Yeah, 100%. And I think, I think this is going to be very good in Historic, but I don't think it's going to be as powerful as it is in Modern Legacy, because we don't have Fetchlands in Historic. Yeah, you don't, uh, which... you don't have Fetches to power the Surveil. You don't have... I mean, you don't have Brainstorm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we no longer have Brainstorm. <laughs> you don't have the density of cantrips or the cheap spells. Yeah. Um, do you have Thoughtseize? Yeah, the, you've got Thoughtseize. Thoughtseize right? We've got yeah. Faithless Looping, so there are there are definitely yeah. some good ways to do it, but I, I think that it's going to behave quite differently in Historic than it does in Modern and Legacy, where essentially it's just Delver 2.0. I yeah. think it is going to be incredibly powerful still, but I think it's going to see a lot more play in in Rakdos-based decks, decks that want to do things with Croxa and use the graveyard more. I think that's where it's going to get its maximum value in terms of yeah. historic play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's still going to be very, very good, but I think it's going to be good in a slightly different way than it is in Modern and Legacy. But this is just another yeah. card that I'm very happy to see here. Yeah, like there's a, a fair few like powerful cards sprinkled in. Um, and I think I think I don't know, like we were saying you were saying last week that you don't think many of these cards are going to make a big impact on Historic Yeah. there are a couple of reprints in here like like Bjorgmoth, like Sithis if like there's a fringe in Chandra's deck like Dragon's Rose Chandler that just like might might push it slightly over the top um, that's it, I think, I think like we see in a lot of sets like nowadays, like there's probably like a handful of cards that are that are going to be quite good and that are going to be playable, but I feel like the <laughs> like it feels like hardly any when you look at the the pool of seven hundred and twenty eight cards or whatever it is. Like, yeah, if five of them are going to be playable, then that's not great, is it? No, but I think they know that. I don't think they're pushing yeah, yeah, this. It's like it's like it's like when people open Modern Horizons two packs and they're like, these cards are terrible. Why are these cards in there? It's like because limited exists. Yeah, and yeah, for this, like, sure, there is a limited format that will exist with these cards if you want to play Jumpstart on Arena. Uh, and like I said, the, the, the cards they want to put in the cube, there are cards they want people to play in Brawl. There's never a reason. Cards are never superfluously in a set, yeah. and some of them are misses. And they put a card in that is nowhere near constructed power level, but you never want to draft it or anything like that, and they're just misses because. But there are no cards that are you know put in there with for no reason. Yeah, totally. Um, you got Ranger Captain of Eos, that might be interesting. Yeah. That's yeah, a cool card. Like, yeah, you got Thalia's Lieutenant, so like potentially there's some humans 
deck maybe but I, again I think that falls more in the realm of doing like a like, commander slash brawl tribal deck definitely yeah uh, and then you've got a couple of like a couple of cool new cards that I quite yeah. like yeah um, I mean faceless agent yeah that thing's very interesting which is very cool so it's three colourless mana or three generic mana for a creature shapeshifter it's a two one with changeling and then when it is battlefield seek a creature of the most prevalent creature type in your library that's cool so it's just like a, a card you generically put in your like your elf tribal or your goblin tribal deck and I don't think yeah. that remotely has the has the chops for constructed oh no but that's like your it's your brawl card right yeah it's a uh, it's the card you put in your, your Slivers Brawl deck, or your Elf Brawl deck, or your Goblin Brawl deck. And it's just a cool design, like, the, the most prevalent creature type in your library. That's it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I really like that design. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's two more cards that I want to touch on, really. Uh, so, I think the, the first one, I guess they, they made, made me really, really ask some questions of, of, of this set, and made me sort of realise some things, and, and definitely bring up topics that I want to I want to discuss and sort of explore here. So the first one is, is Boneyard Aberration. It's four and a black for a skeleton dog. It's a 3-3. Three, three. When it dies, exile it. If you do, conjure three reassembling skeleton cards into your graveyard. Now this is very, very similar to a card that already exists in paper. That is Bone Rattler from the Mystery Booster test cards. Bone Rattler is three black black for a skeleton. It's a 4-4, four, four, and when it's put into your graveyard from anywhere, exile it. When you do, create four reassembling skeleton token cards and put them into your graveyard. Yeah. It's cool that they found a way to, like... Because a lot of people said that like the, the test cards from Mystery Booster were designs that they might visit in the future, or, like, designs they couldn't yeah. figure out a way to do. And, like, obviously... That was one of the, the things behind it was, like, yes, it's, you know, it's kind of a bit tongue-in-cheek that, oh, yeah, they play test cards, but also, like, no genuinely... This is a a way where we can we can beta test things for the future, and we can we can field test things and see what people like and what they don't. Yeah, and it's cool. Like putting tokens of cards into your graveyard is is a cool thing, and and arena is the best place to do that. Being able to conjure those cards into your graveyard. Yeah, and then because they're conjured, they're, they're physical cards. They're not tokens, so they can exist in your hand. They can exist in your library if that happens, and and that's it's a very cool thing. I will say I absolutely hate the art on this. There's, some, there's something about like human skulls on like a a dog a three headed dog body that's <laughs> yeah. just really touching a nerve somewhere inside me, and I yeah. hate it very much. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad art. I just hate the, the the idea of human skulls. Like, what does this look like when it has flesh? I don't want. Does to it know. just have human <laughs> human faces? Yeah. It's like a chimera, right? It's like three three heads. It, well, it's like, yeah, or like a Cerberus with human heads, I guess. Cerberus, that's the word I was in, not Chimera. Yeah, uh, yeah it's absolutely horrible. <laughs> Just human faces on this three-headed dog. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 it's really cool that they've managed to, like, it's, it's a really elegant way of, of porting that card to, like, a real card. Because these are real cards. Yeah. These are, yeah. these are cards you can play in a constructed game of Magic probably for some money at some point. So Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Which, cool. which leads me to the question... Why why do people love the Mystery Booster playtest cards but really, really hate these digital only cards? Because they the the playtest cards were I mean they say not for constructed play at the bottom. It's like why do people love silver border cards? because um, they're great and fun. Everybody yeah. loves them. <laughs> it's because they were their own their own silly thing that like 
they didn't matter for constructed. They didn't. They were never going to see actual play, um, and they were just their own fun design thing. And then this is a silly design thing that you can't replicate in Paper Magic. That yeah, but this this one, for example, Bone Rattler already did exist in Paper Magic. It, it doesn't though, does it? Because it says not for Constructed Magic at the bottom. You can't yeah, play it in any actual so. format. Yeah, you I could... guess it. It just doesn't have a. Oh, it does it have a gatherer page? I don't know. Yeah. You can't shoot over it with... Or maybe you can't shoot over them with Spike. I'm unsure. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I'm just trying to be facetious. <laughs> you're not going to use those words, devil's advocate, are you? No, no. <laughs> no, the thing is, like, it's a it's a reasonable question, but you know why, right? Like, it's silver border cards. It's like, sure, you can't... They're physical cards that exist that you can purchase on on the secondary market that have a value that you could put in your cube or you could play in a commander deck if you had that rule zero conversation but no one does right yeah and it they're, they're just a they're a thing that look like magic the gathering cards that are magic the gathering cards that are still collectible that are still fun that are referential to magic that people like that are doing silly things that we haven't seen magic cards do before and then when you put them in your you know your premier digital client and they are cards that you could use theoretically to win a tournament on Magic on, on Magic Arena and win some kind of cash prize for that. And it's based on a silly thing or does a thing that we have never seen Magic the Gathering cards do before. It has like this visceral reaction in people that that they don't like, that they yeah. don't want. They don't like the idea of Magic cards doing things that they haven't done before. Because whenever we say, oh, this is a thing they haven't done before, this is a design space they haven't done before that they're exploring, it's always vaguely related to magic but like the idea of creating actual magic the gathering cards not tokens out of thin air is something that magic doesn't do that's not what a magic card does it's very much in the in the yeah. the rules of magic in in just the, how everyone feels about magic the gathering that's not a thing that magic cards do and that's why people are so angry or upset or at least it's jarring to them right that's why it's because it doesn't do a thing, thing that Magic the Gathering cards do. But when like a silly thing with like a stickman illustration, that's like looks like it's a sticker over a Magic card that only comes in this like silly product, um, they're okay with that because it, it, it is in and of itself it's marketed as a silly non-real, basically silver border thing that literally says not for constructive play on the bottom of it. Yeah, this is true. Um, so when you when you then make those cards, make a card like that actually a, a thing that professional magic players will use or could use then that's just that feels wrong to people and that's why they hate it so much also people yeah. love complaining and, and one random content creator will be like hmm this doesn't feel right and then a bunch of people will be like yeah this is wrong I hate this as if it's their own original idea and they aren't just basing all of their magic opinions on what one person who on YouTube says yeah that's the main yeah. problem it's, yeah, but no. it's like a content creator will say hmm, I'm not sure I like this. And then a bunch of people without personalities will be like, who are also bad at Magic the Gathering, but Magic the Gathering is the only thing they do with their time, so they want to be smart about it. Be like, yeah, I agree with this, this is true, and then we'll tell their friends, and we'll present it as if it's their opinion. When actually they haven't really thought about it. This is going to yeah. turn into a, like an all-mill players wear Rick and Morty t-shirts thing. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know what I mean? Like, there's people, there are, there are people who just like, who aren't very good at Magic the Gathering and that's fine it's fine to be bad at Magic the Gathering and I can see oh, myself yeah. be bad at the game but like Same. won't would rather 
just listen to and this isn't meant to be calling out people in specific but like we'll, we'll, we'll listen to what Saffron Olive says or the professor says and we'll just be like yes that is correct because that person is popular and I do not engage with this game enough or I am not I don't want to say they're not smart enough but like I am not applying my brain in that specific way to come up with that kind of opinion so this person with X number of YouTube subscribers must be right and some of my friends don't watch this content so I'll present this as if it's my own opinion and I will I will say that as if I've thought of it and that is just a subset of magic players unfortunately where yeah, they will just I, take I, 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 I really really hope that people don't take anything we say on this podcast <laughs> as, as fact or as, or as serious in any kind of way because yeah, content's just opinions, but it's marketed like the same with like. That's it. That that I think that's what's where I was trying to get at. Like, you get a lot of content that is just opinions, like you know, like stuff that we do on here, stuff that many Magic the Gathering content creators do. But at the same time, you also get some some very good, very informative Magic the Gathering content, like like limited resources, for example, like which a lot of that is is opinions at the end of the day but they have a lot of, of statistics or the opinions uh, the opinions are very specific in terms of oh this is a good card in this limited format and that opinion is given to you by somebody who is actually an authority on whether or not that is a good card in that format because how yeah. skilled they are at the game yeah compare that to an opinion of oh i think a or i i don't think random Magic the Gathering digital only cards should be in the game or not. I mean, I think those, those, whole... those, those opinions are very, very different, have a very different context and a whole different way. For sure, think. yeah. I mean, there's a whole thing we can delve into here if you'd like to, for a bit. Yeah, possibly. I mean, there's definitely still one more card after this I want to talk about, but it's... I mean, it's just like, I, I think I've, I've sort of struck a struck a chord, or like... Yeah. And it's like, it's it applies to the whole, like... Just content create content creation in general, like not even Magic the Gathering, just YouTube or uh, YouTube <laughs> or, or maybe Twitch, whatever. Um, and it applies to like it, it's it, the the thing the thing is with content is it's it's pretty much all opinion. Uh, oftentimes, it is opinion directly pulled out of someone's ass with absolutely no research, with no critical thinking whatsoever. They just know that it'll generate clicks, and that Magic the Gathering is absolutely not. Um, not able to avoid that like that's part of magic content as well because people are trying to make people are trying to get paid they're trying to get patrons they're trying to get adsense whatever yeah um and then there are some that are like very well informed with with specific data with citations with like links to to documents and then th that kind of content is so so there are like i would say there are like two kinds of content that, that do mirror the, the wider sort of content sphere so you have you have people like um Again, I'm trying not to like <laughs> call anyone out specifically, but you have people like Saffron Olive. It's just like it's all personal opinion and it's meant for entertainment and it's just fun. But then people will see it as if it's gospel and fact and will internalize those opinions. And then you have people like I would say limited resources where it's all based on data or like just listening to LSV in general. Like all of his they're all still opinions but they're based yeah. on hard fact of like serious testing conversing with other people who are extremely good at magic gathering based on years and years of of, of, of interacting with the game at a professional level informing like so they see, they'll see a card in a limited form might be like this reminds me of this and like this is why I think this might be good because it is similar to this thing which which performed like this you know yeah. and there are those two sides of it and, and you have that where, like, you compare like your, your, your Logan Paul's 
and 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 what have you and like your h bomber guy and philosophy tube right yeah it's all opinion but a lot of it is opinion some of it is opinion that is just made up out of nothing this is how i feel which has a place like it, it, that, that has yeah, value absolutely. yeah and then like, there's some that's like oh here is like literally a, a 200 citations in a 25 minute youtube video based on i have pulled this because this because this these are books these are scientific papers and all that stuff and like magic has those not, not to the, those those such severe degrees but like has those things as well and one is fun and flashy and has loads of like animation or whatever and one is just kind of dry mainly just podcasts giving you hard data like arena decklis and in, 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 for example like who are people at the top of their game yeah giving you data driven opinion as opposed to just this deck is fun and i think this right yes yeah, yeah. sort of things intermingling and that's why i think people hate magic cards <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think a lot of it just gets so lost in in the content itself because you when you when you are making content at that level especially like you have to play the game the content creation game you have to do things a certain way to get picked up by the algorithm yeah, of course you, you have do. to do things there's a certain way to grow an audience and yeah it's well, it's that's, a that's very, why, very like, complex complex scenario and i think i think why like this podcast like kind of works not that we're like you know popular by any means but yeah <laughs> you very much want to be a podcast that like give us that gives that sort of like it's all opinion still but like gives us sort of like facts and like opinions based on very real things and then i want to go off on like everyone who has ever registered a modern mill deck as a basement dwelling rick and morty watching weirdo <laughs> like you have those two sides and like one is way more engaging whether that be bad or good or bad like there are people that listen to me yeah. rant about that thing and been like this person's a dickhead and i'll be like yes i am correct <laughs> and then because you know there are people that actively seek out like i want hard data that's kind of like i said kind of dry but like has facts and driven by things and some people just want to watch flashing colors and funny jokes on the screen right and neither of those things are bad but it's generally the people that that follow the latter that that will just sort of like internalize this opinion like yeah this must be right because this person's popular it's like well they're they're popular because they hit the right things they hit the algorithm at a certain point they know what gets clicks they know what gets clout and again that's not a bad thing but there's a very distinct difference between those two things and that's why i think people lose their minds over things because i mean also there's a certain hit of serotonin you get from getting like on likes on a tweet right or from your friend yeah. going yeah yeah you're right like there's that serotonin hit and that's why people say stupid outlandish things and that's why i say stupid outlandish things because someone will go ha 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 ha, ha and i'll feel i'll feel good you know so when you get to say these arena cards are stupid and, and randomness is bad and dice rolling is bad it's because some random content creator will be like oh rolling d20s might not be great and then they just just run with it there's some nugget of content in there, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, definitely. definitely. Just leave yeah. that all in and be like, this. these opinions do not represent <laughs> Joe Lardin as a, as a human being. <laughs> no, I definitely think there is, there's a lot of truth in that. I think it's just it's just such a complex issue because you know, oh, for sure, yeah. all of it, you have to play the content creation game, unfortunately. And we choose not to play that game. The game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, 100%. We just choose 100%. to talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about and hope that people like it. Yeah, and that's more fulfilling, I think, personally. Yeah, it's not fulfilling think, like financially or anything, but yeah, which is the other thing to consider as well. Like, a lot of these people with big followings and these, these, you, know, I guess, less informed opinions, for want of a better term, um, 
you know they've got a lot riding it a hell of a lot more riding on it than, than we do yeah, so for they sure. have to do things a certain way because it's their livelihood and yeah yeah when you have people, people like Pleasant Kenobi, who will just like say a bunch of funny swear words and go on a rant about UKIP or something in a video, because um, that's like it's engaging, right? It's it gets yeah, the clicks, but like views all spend the same, right? In terms of AdSense, not that you get any bloody AdSense whatsoever. But there are a lot of people that gravitate towards his kind of content because maybe they share some of his political opinions or they like the way that he uses certain swear words and like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and that kind of thing resonates with people and it's <laughs> unfortunately it's a lot more financially beneficial to do that kind of stuff even if it's like I enjoy a lot of that content as well um, it's much more beneficial to, to do that than it is to be like here are the hard facts and data and here's why uh, York Moth isn't good in historic you know yeah totally it's uh, it's yeah like you say it's a game you have to play um, and there's clearly a way to play that game that generates more literal income than others yeah which is you know for the vast majority of people involved in it at that level is, is the most important thing and yeah it's a good job we're talking about like do. a stupid card game and not like actual things that matter yeah <laughs> there are people that get like really vitriolic and angry and, and, and go on rants and stuff about magic cards I'm like yeah that's that's kind of silly because I do yeah. it as well but like it's better I, I... you doing it about that than like you know politics <laughs> yeah true definitely definitely yeah, definitely. I guess that's one that's one really good way to look at it. I think like, yeah, I'd I'd much rather, much rather people were getting this angry and I don't know. I mean, it gets it gets to the point where people take it too far. Depends anyway. which. Yeah, I was gonna say it depends which side of the coin they, they lie on. I guess. If you're the kind of person it. that gets like angry and vitriolic and then goes to bed, fine. If you're the kind of person that gets angry and vitriolic and then sends literal death threats to Sheldon Menery, maybe reconsider your life choices. Yeah, definitely. There are definitely extremes to it, but you know, I I've made several points and I stand by all of them even out of context <laughs> <laughs> what was the last card you want to talk about Joe? Uh, so the last card I want to talk about <laughs> is another incredibly interesting one I think for, for reasons that uh, I haven't heard anybody else talk about yet so here we go not that anyone will listen to it but first of all ideas here nice pool of vigorous growth one green for an artifact you pay X and tap it discard a card Create a token that's a copy of a random creature card with mana value X. Activate only as a sorcery. If nothing else, this de- this design is cool as hell. It's sweet. It's so so cool. So this is this is Momia Vig. It's a Momia Vig, which uh, is Vanguard so cool. card from Magic Online, but it's a, it's an artifact. I love it. Uh, this I is obviously a card that can only exist digitally. Um, I mean. There are ways to make it exist non-digitally. It has happened once at an SCG con, I believe, years mm-hmm. and years and years ago. Yep. Uh, there's a reason why it hasn't happened again because <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightmare. There are a hell of a lot of of creatures. Uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of people talk about this card, but I haven't really seen anybody at, at all you know, ask the question like, what exactly does this mean? when it says random creature they haven't from what i haven't seen that hasn't been clarified does that mean a random creature that already exists on magic arena as of you know as of this as of what's on there already plus the 700 odd cards that are being added here or does that mean a random creature from throughout magic's history and we're going to get a huge patch and we're just going to we're just going to get just 
a whole whole load of, of, of token cards that we've just we've never had the actual card versions. Yet. I would assume not. As much as I want that, that would be huge. And in that case, yeah. they might as well just like add Vintage Cube to the platform, right? Oh, we can dream. We can dream. I so would love that. We've had Momia events in the past, like the like Momia draft and stuff. Like Momia Vega mm-hmm. has been a, a format on Magic Arena, but it is it's been an interesting one. So they've used it as a way to uh to like when you when you created a a token creature with the mummy of big avatar or emblem or whatever they, they used on on arena when they had it last uh like not only did you have would you would you pick from a card pool that already exists but there were a handful of cards that did not exist on arena and still do not exist in any other format on arena that are available on there um so I don't know if it's going to be the case where they just add a whole stack of cards that just aren't available elsewhere, or are they going to add everything or or what? And that's something that I I'm very very excited just to see what that means. And yeah. also, does this mean that this is a card that will be continuously updated as the client gets updated? Because that would be sweet. That'd be really cool. I would I would assume it's a random a copy of a random creature card that is currently legal in the format plane. Yeah, that is what I would assume, and so therefore that will expand, right? So when they add <laughs> Jumpstart Historic Horizons two in what I can imagine is like two months time, uh, that that will be those will be added, right? Yeah, I, uh, it would be cool if they just added a bunch of specific creatures, but also adding specific creatures seems kind of fruitless considering you would <laughs> have to roll a, like against three thousand other creatures or whatever at, least, e- at yeah. each mana cast, or whatever. But it's um. It's a really cool design, and I really like it. And I like that it's it's still we're still seeing references to like cards from two thousand four or whenever Ravnica yeah. was, you know, or Dissension, whatever. It's uh, it, it's it, this is a really cool design, and it's not going to be remotely playable, but I love it. I love that it exists. Yes, I'm just looking at the uh, the the I guess the the table of cre- of available creatures for the Momia uh, Momia Madness. Uh, arena event so as of the, the last one which is the end of, of 2020 uh, so when you activated the Momir avatar for mana cost 1 you had 181 creatures available mana cost 2 523 creatures available mana cost 3 559 mana cost 4 441 mana cost 5 296 uh, mana cost 6 136 uh, mana cost 7 you had 64 uh, at the time that enabled you to get Platinum Angel, which I don't believe was legal <laughs> and com- was, was actually in the format currently. Uh, uh, at 8, you had 15 creatures, and then there were 9 other creatures which weren't on Magic that way. I think Grizzlebrand's one of them. Uh, Sweet. 9, there were 4 creatures, and then 8 creatures that were only available in that Momia format. One of them being Blazing Archon, which is pretty good. Uh, and then at 10 you had two creatures plus an extra four that weren't available elsewhere uh including impervious great worm ulamog and jinkataxius who weren't there at the time i assume that's specifically just because you don't want to just have people get to 10 knowing exactly what they're going to get yeah so you just add a few more creatures and then 11 there were no creatures and 12 there was one creature which was called a primal hunger and none at 13 or above if you want to wait find until out you myself get... when I tried to get <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, maybe Emrakul's hit nope 
Nope. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. What... Definitely lost a game because I did that. <laughs> First thing with that is like if you want to wait until you get twelve mana and you like start losing the game because you're waiting until you've got twelve mana, and then you get a Galter. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah. If you for twelve mana, like you could have got two six drops that are probably more impactful than that, right? Yeah. But yeah, I I, I want to see what what happens. I hope they add some random cards, and I hope they add like an Emrakul at thirteen, so you can do that if you want. Yeah, um, I I just really love I love that space of just having a card as well. That you that like the card will update as the client updates, as more creatures get thrown into it. This card is going to get better and better. Yeah, it's, well, it's, not necessarily better and better, but just yeah. just more and more. Um, it's really cool. I mean, like, it's nice that they're doing this kind of thing. This is Black Border Magic, is the thing. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of people were refusing to acknowledge that, and that plays into that whole conversation we just had. But it's it's it, it's like things you could technically do. You could do. You could plink this in, in a card because we had um, as a high master, headmaster, whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, when they just sent you to a website and you randomly rolled the abilities, and that's cool. And you could definitely do that with this. You could say go to such and such website, type in the mana cost, and just it'll give you a random creature on your phone. And since we're allowed to use electronic devices at sanctioned events now, um, that's a thing you could do. But it has existed exclusively in, in Silver Border so far. But you could do that in Black Border. Yeah. And it would mean you'd have to have a phone. But I. Yeah, like I said, you know, there was a Momia big event once and yeah the advancements of, of mobile technology 100% could make it a bit easier um, yeah. you know, again something they could stick in a companion app just have like a special Momia emblem button that when you you tap that and then it flashes up with a with an image of the creature token you get yeah for sure so there are definitely definitely ways to, to do it in Black Border it's just very very difficult but digital just allows them to allows them to make that a reality far easier and I think that's what's super cool about it and I like that you can have cards like this that, that will evolve and can evolve over time and again that's, that's another thing which I, I don't see a lot of people talking about is these digital only cards like if they if they do miss the mark and we do get a Hogak or we get an Oko they can nerf these cards that's not something that they can do with paper magic cards but with these they can yeah because they exist outside of paper magic and I think that's yeah that's a that's a benefit if nothing else yeah, I just love it. I, I think a lot of a lot of the to to go back to that rant, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> a lot of the problem people have with this is like it's so different from magic, and there is yeah. there is like an idea of the sanctity of magic that a lot of people have, and when you start looking a lot like Hearthstone, people hate it because they're like, no, this is Magic Gathering, not Hearthstone. Yeah, and when you start doing things that magic has never done before, people get uncomfortable. Because like I said, all all magic design is referential to something at some point. It's yeah, similar to a thing we've seen before. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> I guess cards come out in Legends or whatever. We're like, what is this? This is brand new. Yeah. But we're getting into nearly a third. land that doesn't tap for mana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, it's ridiculous. Why would it ever play this? This is terrible. Um, and uh, but now we're like getting onto like nearly the thirtieth year of Magic the Gathering, yeah. and everything's been done this is the Simpsons at this point and yeah. <laughs> ev everything's been done that can be done so when you have something that could never have been done in Paper Magic before like your um, pool of vigorous growth or your, or your Davriel Planeswalker or your Seek mechanic like it, it looks really strange and people hate that and people hate change people hate things they don't immediately understand you can't draw an analogue to anything apart from like a different game entirely 
Yeah. And that's scary to people. And I understand that. But they need to be quiet about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just... I don't see how it's a bad thing at all. Like, taking a look at, at things other games in the same space have done successfully and try to translate it into your game, but in a way that's that's... In a way that's good, in a way that's beneficial for the long-term health of your game as well. Like, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, I'm not like, oh, super excited. Yeah, I love these cards. I'm going to exclusively play these cards. Like, I still think most of them are rubbish, but I, I just love this design space more than the cards themselves. I love this design space and I love that this is a thing that they can do and they have access to. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, that's that's how I feel about it as well. I think it's. I mean, I don't care. I'm never going to play any of these cards. I'm never going to re-download Arena to my computer, ever. Um, unless, you know, Civilization literally does collapse. <laughs> yeah. And Magic cards become worthless, and I want something to do that vaguely reminds me of the before times. Uh, but I think it's cool, and that's good enough for me. Yeah. And also, a lot of people spend a lot of time designing these cards, so stop saying their work is bad. Yeah. Just because you're an idiot who doesn't understand things. Yeah, and you know, if it does turn out their work is bad, they can change them. Their work has been bad in paper countless that's, times yeah, recently. Not, so, <laughs> not something we can do in paper. We can do it here, and I, I think it's revolutionary. Yeah, and it's 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 really cool, like seeing objectively terrible cards, like cards that are bad that will never cut it in a constructive format, like Boneyard Aberration. Yeah, that are just cool. I like it. It's it's refreshing to be like, this is amazing. At a card that's terrible, I just I love that feeling. Yeah, I love looking at a card like Pool of Vigorous Growth and being like, I would never play this in a million years, even in Commander. But it's really cool that it exists. That's that's like that's such a cool feeling, and that's that's what I'm looking for in Magic Design. And uh, this is a perfect yeah. place to do it. Same. Like I'd much rather have, much rather have an interesting game like this than, you know, one where, where stuff just doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I think it's cool. It's gonna take me. It'll take a lot to convince me otherwise. Well, yeah, like uh, just like stuff, man. That's why. Yeah. So yeah. I keep. That's why I keep saying to people: just find something you like and do it. It's it's annoying when people believe there's an objectively correct way to do things, like play a stupid yeah. video game. Just do what you want. It's why easy mode exists, right? Yeah, you engage with the thing in a way that makes you comfortable and makes you happy. Because otherwise, what's the what is the point? <laughs> what is the point in playing Magic: The Gathering at all if you're not going to enjoy some of it? Yeah, and I enjoy this, even though I will never use these cards. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Awesome. So I think that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Come let us know your opinions. It's been a bit of a, a bit of a strange one this week, but we'd love to hear what you think. Come let us <laughs> a bit of a strange media. one. Can, yeah. can you tell I've had a beer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you tell I haven't really left my house since March 2020? <laughs> I'm vaguely tipsy. You're completely stir crazy. It's I, great. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it's like to live in civilization anymore. It's not great. Stay inside. Yeah, You're not imagine. missing anything. You can watch wrestling on the, on on your computer. That's good enough. Yeah, it's good fun. Come get at us on social media on Twitter. We are at hfdcast, facebook.com slash hfdcast. If you've really enjoyed anything in this episode and would like to give back in a monetary value, you can hit us up at Patreon. We are patreon.com slash arrowdevastation. Tiers start from as little as $1. It's 
per month. That's roughly twenty five to twenty. I try that one again. It's roughly twenty twenty five cents <laughs> per episode. I mean, if you've really hated anything you've heard in this episode, just comment somewhere about it and get the algorithm going. Hell yeah, we love that. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Manleak.com. You can use the promo code HOFD5 at checkout to get 5% off your entire order. Yeah, would fully recommend doing that as well. It's uh, Manleak provide a great service. We have used them and, and would use them regardless of whether or not it would be sponsored by them. And I literally work there. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find me on my own personal social media and Twitter, I'm at PeachGardenOaf. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. You can find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. Also stream on Twitch every Friday night. We do Friday Night Magic. We do something fun and magic related. It was Vintage Cube last week. We played a Storm deck. It was amazing. We ran it back and I drafted a deck with Progenitus in it. Died to my nice. own Progenitus more times than I cast it. So <laughs> Beautiful. That's how that went. It's good fun. That is twitch.tv slash peachgardenove. Come hang out. It's a good time. If you really want to read more of my rants about random things that don't actually matter, and I just get myself into a tizzy over for no reason, you can follow me on Twitter at Snail69. Thanks. Thanks. I just like, it's, I understand, right? I understand, like, the, the anger mill of Magic the Gathering, because it's really fun to get angry. It's why people play video games, that, that then, and then they die and they get really angry. It's because that feeling's addicting, and that's my entire Twitter profile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just getting old. I think that's my problem. Yeah, I'm vigorously trying to cling on to the anger of youth. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> it's pretty much all I've time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned. So we'll see you again next week on Our Devastation.